1: And Aaron Camaro
2: After one of the greatest weekends of our entire lives We are back This is the Decibel Geek Podcast And we're going to have some fun today You guys have been wanting this one for a while And we brought back something fun But before we get to all that i got to remind you, because it's been a minute It's me, Aaron Camaro Joined as always by my awesome friend And kick-ass co-host Chris Sinzak. How you doing, brother?
3: Pretty good. Um, happy to get back to normal life and uh, happy to start focusing back on Decibel Geek finally.
2: Yes, yes, 100%. Because as everybody knows, last week was Rockin' Pod. Things got a little out of hand and we planned to release an episode right before Rockin' Pod, but because everything went crazy, I never got it edited in time. My fault. But we're releasing it now. It's kind of a back-in-time thing because this was right before Rockin' Pod. Everybody loves Beat the Geek. We decided let's bring it back for a week. I thought I was giving Chris Sinzak a break so he didn't have to do any work and he could just come and record, and that's all he had to worry about. But as we'll find out, Chris Sinzak was taking no kind of break in this. <laughs> he was getting a beating. <laughs>
3: oh, a spoiler alert.
2: So, yeah, I guess I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs>
3: it's okay. They'll enjoy the questions either way.
2: <laughs> well, it's not all bad. It's all good, and you guys are going to love it. So we don't really have Geeks of the Week together this week because, like I said, we're just coming fresh out of Rock and Pod. But I do have a couple of reviews because, you know, we're always begging for reviews and recommendations. That's kind of our thing, you know, so we like to do that. So whenever we get a review or recommendation, we got to read it on the show, good, bad, or otherwise. So I want to start with this one. We've gotten a lot of stellar reviews over our time here doing the Decibel Geek Podcast, and it's very rare that we get a bad one. But every once in a while, you know what? Maybe we need to be called out a little bit, so... This is an Apple Podcast review. Comes to us from Anna Hart, 69. Might be one of our two percenters. Maybe not anymore. This is a one star review. It's entitled, What a Disappointment Decibel Geek Has Become. And it goes a little something like this This podcast has become a two trick pony with a very boring, what's new in rock or the best or worst material from band's discography format. Basically, no different than any other shows out there with minimal access to interesting guests. What's shocking is that these two had, for many years, great shows, guests, and insightful programs. Now it just seems like it's being phoned in. A shame. And like I said, that comes to us from Anna Hart, 69 via Apple Podcast Review. It's a one-star review. And you know what? I feel like we kind of deserve it a little bit. Oh, yeah? You know, we do work hard on this show. It's true. And we've always prided ourselves on attacking the subject of rock and roll from all kinds of different angles. And, you know, here lately, I think it's maybe it's rock and pod season. It really kind of fucked us up a little bit. And I feel like... Now that rockin' pod's over, and I know we've you and I have had this conversation, you are so ready to just focus back in on Decibel Geek. I am so ready to focus back in on Decibel Geek because let's face it, without the people that listen to this show, there wouldn't even be a rockin' pod. That's true. So I think what we're gonna do is this, because I was looking today. And after I saw this review, you know, it it hurt me a little bit. It made me kind of sad, you know, because we're so used to getting great reviews all the time. And so I thought, you know, I haven't looked in a long time. Let me see what we're doing on the charts, on the podcast charts. And basically, every category that we care about, we're out, baby. We're not in it at all. So we have fucked ourselves over. We've kind of screwed over our listeners a little bit. And we've screwed over Anna Hart, 69. But I'll tell you what, that one-star review, that hurt us bad. I mean, when you get a one-star review, you can kiss your ass goodbye when it comes to the rankings for podcasts. And so I propose this. If we can get 20 star reviews on Apple Podcasts, between now and July we got no excuses. I say we bring it back Christmas in July. What do you think?
3: I'm ready to do it. I'm I'm ready to do lots of stuff. My wheels got turning basically right after Rock and Pod weekend. I've already got ideas and nice. you and I need to have a call cuz like I've got ideas for things we can do. Uh, going nice. forward to really mix things up. I, yeah, no, don't, me too. Don't get me wrong. I like doing GeekWire, and I think that'll continue because we want to talk about current rock news because it's like it's it's a fun thing to do, and the best and worst of shows honestly do pretty good. I mean, we actually get good. I don't know about rankings, but we always get good download numbers for those shows. So
2: right and great feedback on them too.
3: Yeah. So I mean, like those aren't going to stop, but it will not be like all we do. We we did kind of lean heavily on those two things for a while. Um, I want to do more interviews um obviously with um but like do do them in a unique way more albums unleashed episodes or right if we're having a guest on let's have a let's have an angle for it let's not just do let's promote your latest record obviously we'll promote them but we also want to have an interesting angle that's going to get people to go oh well he's not talking about x or y subject on other shows let's let's do something that separates us you know
2: right yeah cuz that's Really, we used to do a lot of interviews, and that's what kind of soured me on it, was the fact that, you know, you could interview somebody and think you had a really great interview with them, and then in the time you're editing it, somebody else has also interviewed the same guy, and then it's like, you know, okay, well, we asked different questions and everything, but I mean, it's really kind of back-to-back episodes, because we know that people that listen to our show listen to a lot of other rock podcasts, too, you know, so. I hate it when we have to release something where somebody else had just talked to this person, and that did kind of sour me on it. But then I think about people like, you know, like Pixie Esmond and Michael Wagner and Dick Wagner and Gary Corbett and all the amazing interviews we've done over the years, and you know that warms me back up to it. I think it is time we start getting more interviews because we always have great conversations with people, and it's always a lot of fun and. You know, the whole thing with Decibel Geek from the very beginning was we are unlimited in what we do. We tried from the very beginning not to be a one- or two-trick pony. We wanted to have all kinds of different angles, and I think we've done a lot of that over the years. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to seeing your ideas. I've got some ideas of my own. I've got always a list of people that I'd love to talk to, so we can go over that and try to get some of these people. we got Ugly Kid Joe coming up in just a couple of months. I'm a- counting on you, Chris Sinzak. I'm pull, already working on it, Aaron, to pull them rock and <laughs> roll strings and make something magical happen while we're up there. And uh, you know what? I'm not mad at this review at all. No, not it, at all. It's fine.
3: And uh, like it's, you know, we've with Rock and Pod. It's it, it, honestly behind the scenes. It's it's me driving myself crazy, and then Aaron keeps the show going. I, like I'll show up and record, but then like he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting with editing and stuff. So. Um my hat's off to you for for continuing to do that but uh, but no i'm like i'm now that it's over it's like and 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 I don't know what my role is gonna be with rock and pod going forward i'll uh we'll talk about that on the episode we're about to record, but uh we're gonna do our recap episode next, but after that, I mean, I also want to do more um live stuff um uh yeah. you know do some stuff locally here with some of the musicians that live here in town i mean i've got I've got ideas and we'll have a call when we get done recording but uh yeah there's some i'd like to do some stuff in front of an audience and uh, do some stuff here locally in nashville but record it and then that could be released as a podcast later on so i mean i've got a lot of ideas
2: that's awesome man and i do it because i love this show i love rock and roll and i love the people that listen to it so like i said 20 good reviews five stars between now and july to counteract this one star review That we may or may not have earned. I don't know.
3: (laughs) I think we did to a point.
2: But we do need your help to counteract the effects. So, with that being said, we've got another review. This one's entitled Awesome Podcast. It's also an Apple Podcast review, and it comes to us from Golden Larry. I love that. Goes a little something like this. This is a great podcast with two of the best hosts. I tune in every week to hear Aaron and Chris talk about rock and metal. They're funny and enjoyable hosts. Five stars from Canada. There you go. 19 five-star reviews between now and July, and you get the return of Kissmas in July. Cool. Speaking of live stuff, I was thinking how much fun would it be to do a live Beat the Geek or two around town? Maybe head on down to the wind down one night and see if we can find a couple of challengers for you live beat the geek.
3: Yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, we can we can try out and experiment with. But, uh, you know, Rock and Pod did teach me, you know, there's a lot of great people that just are right here in Nashville that would be I'm sure would be more than game to show up and do some stuff with us.
2: heck yeah man i'm down for that and you know what not only do we benefit from that but everybody that listens to this show benefits from it so if you love us leave us a review or a recommendation we greatly greatly appreciate it and we appreciate you so we hope you're ready right now for the greatest game show on the face of the freaking planet it's time for beat the geek week
0: all
2: right here we are it's the game show that goes to 11 it's beat the geek the return everybody's been wanting it everybody's been begging for it well decimal geek gives it to you it's beat the geek week Chris has chosen three opponents. He put out the open challenge. We've got three people to answer it here tonight. And we're going to start out with Chris's first opponent. Welcome back to Beat the Geek, Sonny Pooty. What's up, guys?
1: I uh, dude, if you do all KISS trivia or Tora Tora or some shit like that, I'm
3: screwed. <laughs> <laughs> We do need a Tora Torah round. Well, there
2: is, you know, Of course, as always with Beat the Geek, there is a kiss round for double the points. I had to go back and try to remember how the scoring all went because it's been so long since we've done this, but I think I got it down. So, the record shows that the first time that Sonny played Beat the Geek was during the quarantine sessions. It was early in the quarantine sessions on Volume 4. Like, early 2020, when nobody still knew what the hell was going on. It was episode 401. And the results of that day? Sonny defeated Chris 5-2. to two. Hello. Uh, wow. So, Chris, I gotta know, you put out the open challenge to Sonny. Is it for revenge?
3: Well, yeah, kind of. The thing is, I know Aaron's not gonna put together, like, the most confusing, you know, chart-related questions like Sonny does, <laughs> Or, like, you know, although I don't know, we do do the Spotify one sometimes. So I'm hoping hoping you didn't dip it back into that well. But Sonny comes up with the most convoluted, weird ass trivia questions. And I was like, if I'm going to take somebody on, it's got to be Sonny Pooney.
2: All right. Well, that brings us to it. So if you guys are ready, let me know because we're going to start it off with Beat the Geek. Do you guys have any beginning words for each other, any smack
1: talk, anything? Uh, good luck, Chris. You deserve it, buddy. You've been working hard. I
3: don't believe that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tried. Yeah, but it, it sounded so disingenuous. <laughs> it was almost as disin- disingenuous as uh, Joey Casada. <laughs> uh,
2: that's awesome. Alright, so then here we go. The return of Beat the Geek. It's Chris Sinzak, the Geek, versus Sonny Pooney in a battle of rock and roll wits. 11 questions, and if you remember, it's been a while. We always start with the Geek. So the way this goes, I'm going to ask Chris a question. Before he gets a chance to hear the four choices, I'm going to ask Sonny if he wants to bet against him or not. Sonny can bet against him. If Chris gets it right, Sonny gets nothing. Chris gets two points. If Chris gets it wrong, Sonny gets the point that Chris should have gotten had he gotten it right. So, let's do it. The first question goes to the geek, and it is this. When Tico Torres, drummer of Bon Jovi, married the European supermodel Eva Herzegova in 1996 in Bright Sea, New Jersey, they had a ceremony that included family, close friends, the band, and this very notable celebrity. So, Sonny, you know the question. Nobody knows the choices. You got a chance here. You can get a point ahead of Chris right off the bat if you want to bet against him. Otherwise, play it safe and see how it goes. I'm not betting against him. Let's go for it. All right, Chris. You are not being bet against on your first question. One point on the line. In 96, when Tico Torres married the beautiful supermodel, it was the band, close friends, family, you know, the normal people you would have at your, at your wedding. And this guy. Was it Arnold Schwarzenegger, Donald Trump, Vince McMahon, or Sylvester Stallone? Who was at Tico Torres' wedding? Sonny's not
3: going to bet against me about who was at Tico Torres' wedding.
2: No, really? I'm not taking <laughs> any of those
3: chances. You're giving me way too much credit on that. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's um, a good
2: question, huh? Where the fuck did you
3: come up with this? Uh, <sighs> I,
2: I am the Beat the Geek Master.
3: Um, I'll just take a guess. I'll say Donald Trump.
2: That is correct. <laughs> come <Okay>. on. <laughs> yep. Future president at the time, Donald Trump. He's at the Bon Jovi wedding party. Can you believe I'm it? I'm
3: just thinking he lived local to New Jersey and New York, so I figured... That's all I figured.
2: See, see, that's smart. Chris knows how to play this game. There's little clues sometimes sprinkled into the questions. And weird-ass questions like that, especially. All right, Sonny, Chris takes the jump. He's up by one point. Your turn on Beat the Geek. Which of the following bands holds the record for the highest-grossing tour of the 80s? We're talking the entire 80s, Chris. I'm going to give him four bands, and I'm going to name the tours also. Sonny's going to have to choose the one that was more successful than all the rest. Do you want to bet against him, or are you going to play it safe?
3: I'll make it interesting. I'll bet against him on this one.
2: All right, Sonny. Pressure's on. Chris is betting against you. So which was the highest-grossing tour of the entire decade of the 80s? Was it Pink Floyd's A Momentary Lapse of Reason tour... The Rolling Stones Steel Wheels tour, David Bowie's Glass Spiders tour, or U2's The Joshua Tree tour.
1: God, I wouldn't have went to any of those. <laughs> um,
3: no Prince. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well. People love this band, so I'm, I'll go with Pink Floyd.
2: That is correct. Yeah. I would,
3: I would have guessed that too. Good job. And
2: Sonny, since, since Chris did bet against you, that's two points. two points putting you in the lead. That's right. Joshua Tree Tour was eighth. David Bowie, fourth. Rolling Stones, third. Pink Floyd, number one tour of the 80s. Nice. I
3: saw them on the Division Bell Tour at Vanderbilt. Why? Oh, you don't like Pink Floyd? Man,
1: Pink hell Floyd, no. Have you just met me?
3: Well, <laughs> I did drop acid that day, so it probably made it a lot better.
2: Oh, yeah. That's probably the, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do yeah. when you go see Pink Floyd. I think. Oh, my God, a
3: pig's flying overhead. Yeah.
2: All right. So, Sonny's in the lead. We're two questions in. The score is two to one. The question now goes back to Chris. The Eurovision Song Contest has been a staple of European music competitions since 1956. Who was the first hard rock band ever to win the Eurovision Sound Contest? Jesus. Sonny, I'm going to give them four choices. They're all European. The big song contest, it's a big deal in Europe. But this was the first band considered hard rock to win it. Do you think Chris knows this, or do you want to bet against him again? I think he knows this, because I think I know this, so I am really? not betting against him. All right, Chris, you are not being bet against. The first hard rock band to win the Eurovision Song Contest. Was it Shotgun Messiah, Lordy, Romstein or Europe?
3: <laughs> Lordy.
2: God damn it. That is correct. (laughs) Wow, Lordy won it in 2006 with the song Hard Rock Hallelujah. I
3: only knew that because I knew Lordy won won it one time, but that's the only one I remember that actually won it.
2: Yeah, what the hell was going on the year Shotgun Messiah put out their albums, huh? Makes you wonder. They
3: they weren't happening with the uh, Eurovision people, apparently.
2: (laughs) All right, Chris. Well, Sonny did not bet against you, but you got it right, so that ties us up two to two. Nice. Going into question number four, and this one goes back to Sonny. This band released their first album in 1991, and their most recent in 2017. In between, they've released albums called Space in Your Face, Machine Fish, Let It Go, and The Horse That Bud Built, just to name a few. Can you name the band, Chris? I'm going to give Sonny four choices of bands. I gave him a list of album names. Does he know it, or do you want to bet against him?
3: I'm just for that. Since we're doing more than one round tonight, I'm just going to play loose and fast. I'll just, I'll bet against him on every one of these.
2: Wow! Why not? Okay, Sonny. Wow, so, Chris. It is about revenge, then, is no, it? No, I'm just trying to make it fun. <laughs> All right, Sonny, you are eternally bet against. No confidence in you. Your opponent has. The albums were Space in Your Face, Machine Fish, Let It Go, The Horse That Bud Bought, and that's just to name a few. They got a bunch more. What was the band? Was it Pearl Jam, Voivod, Queens of the Stone Age, or the Galactic Cowboys? I own
1: none of those albums. And since I do own albums from the other three, I guess I'll go with Galactic Cowboys.
2: That is correct. Ah,
3: Rock and Pod tie-in there.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Monty Colvin from the Galactic Cowboys will be at Rock and Pod. Sonny, I recommend that. It's some good stuff. You ought to check it out. They got a ton of albums. Just pick one. They're all pretty good.
3: Yeah, they don't sound sound like Heat, so Sonny's not interested.
2: Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Bands like
1: this where they got so much stuff. Like, I need somebody to give me, like, five songs to try, ten songs to try. Otherwise, I'm just going to be, like, you know, basically guessing and trying the first track to every album, whatever, and then it is what it is. You know what I mean?
2: All right. Well, then, uh, I forget what it's called, but pick up the EP where they do a cover of I Want You by Kitsch. Oh. Start there. Oh, they'll start that there. That is yeah.
3: a good cover, yeah. I like that one.
2: All right, Sonny, you got it right and Chris bet against you. Yep. That's two points. Wow. Sets it up once again, Sonny in the lead, 4-2. to And the next question goes back to Chris. The album cover art on the 1995 MOD thrash metal album, Gross Misconduct, features this animal dressed as a judge and slamming a gavel. Sonny, it's MOD, they got kind of a cartoony cover, it's an animal dressed as a judge, he's got a gavel, he's he's laying down the sentence on his, on whoever's guilty, I guess. Do you think Chris is familiar with the cover of this MOD album? Yeah,
1: because, you know, these are the bands you guys listen to, I don't know a damn you, thing about you these You think bands. I know
3: everything, I love
1: Yes,
2: that. I'm not betting against it.
3: Honestly, I have no idea. Uh <laughs>
2: And that's funny because Sonny won last time, but he ain't got no confidence. Oh, he'll win again. Chris don't worry. No-
3: My brain is completely fried right yeah. now. So, yeah, I'm not going to win either of these rounds. Don't, don't worry about
2: it. You just tore down his confidence by betting against him all the way through, and now look at the poor guy. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're not being bet against on that album cover. Is it a shark, a goat, a hawk, or a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Who's the judge? I
3: have no idea. A goat.
2: That is incorrect. Yeah, I didn't know. It's a shark on the cover of Gross Misconduct. Of course
3: it is, yeah.
2: All right, well, you got it wrong, but Sonny did not bet against you, so no points you awarded. Sh- you should
3: have bet against me on that one.
2: Dude, I couldn't name an M.O.D. song, so I
3: don't Speak know. English or die, come on.
2: Nope. That's S.O.D. Nope.
3: <laughs> it's very offensive stuff now.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
3: it was fun at the time, though.
2: <laughs> if anybody actually knew who they were nowadays, they would be immediately canceled.
3: Yeah, Billy Milano wouldn't last five minutes in today's uh, social media.
2: No. Yeah. But I think they still put out albums, to be honest with you. All right, so no points awarded there. The score remains 4-2, to two. Sonny in the lead. And the question goes back to Sonny. Kicks released their debut album in 1981 and lasted until 1995 before the band would go on a long hiatus. After Kicks ceased to exist, lead vocalist Steve Whiteman would go on to form this band. So Kicks, they form in the early 80s, they last till mid 90s, they break up. Lead vocalist starts another band almost immediately. Chris, do you think Sonny knows the answer to this? Oh, yeah, you're already betting against it. I'm all in. Why am I even asking? Chris is all in. Sonny, he thinks you're going to get them all wrong, including this one.
3: <laughs> I know the answer to this. I, ha- I wish this was my question.
2: All right, Sonny, these are your choices. Was the band Fu Manchu, the Baltimore Suns, Funny Money, or Cold Blood? Uh, I got all four albums. Funny Money, baby. That is correct. I'm going to lose
3: badly on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible strategy.
2: Yeah, Chris's strategy of betting against you all in is working all bad. Ah. Because with that, you get double the points, and that raises the score six to two. Sonny kicking your ass again. All right, we got one more before the kiss round. As you know, things can turn around quick in the kiss round. But we got one more to go before we get there. And this one is for Chris. Legendary bass player Rudy Sarzo is best known for his time with Ozzy and Quiet Riot. But he is also played on albums by all the following artists. Except, Sonny, I'm going to give Chris four bands. Three of them. Rudy Sarzo's played with. One of them, he has not. Do you want to bet against him? You got a hefty lead going on here, going into the kiss round. What do you want to do? Give me a
3: puncher's chance, honey.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of an ass <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. I'm not betting against him. Make him sweat.
3: <laughs> oh, man, I can pick up an extra point. Come on.
2: If you know the answer, these are your choices. Rudy Sarzo was all in all these bands except for one. White Snake, the Guess Who, Ripper Owens, Uriah Heep.
3: So I'm picking the one he was not in.
2: The one he was not in.
3: Can you give me the choices again?
2: White Snake, the Guess Who, Ripper Owens, Uriah Heep.
3: I'm thinking it was Ripper Owens, wasn't it?
2: That is incorrect.
3: Was it Uriah Heep?
2: It was Uriah Heep. Motherfucker. I thought I had it. Rudy Sarzo plays on an album by Ripper Owens. He also plays with uh, the Guess Who. I know he's on at least one album, and of course White Snake. That's a given there. Damn. But yeah, you got it wrong. But Sonny didn't bet against. Your score remains six to two. But as you know, right now it's time for the kiss round. Double the points. The first question in the kiss round goes to Sonny. One of these is not like the others, Kiss songs never performed in concert. Chris, I'm going to name four Kiss songs. Three of them have never been played in concert. One of them has. Okay. That's the one we're looking for. You betting against them? You got to, pretty much.
3: Yeah, well, I have to. I've, I've already committed to that, so,
2: yeah. Yeah, you're in on it now. So, Sonny, one of these is not like the others. Which song has Kiss played in concert? Was it? I'm an animal from Sonic Boom, Dirty Living from Dynasty, Naked City from Unmasked, or Two Timer from Dress to Kill?
1: Okay, wait a second. I'm looking for the one that did get played.
3: Yeah.
2: Yes, three of them have never been played. One has. Although I think which one? I think
3: your question's wrong, but I'll, we'll get to that.
2: All right. So give me the
1: give me the choices again.
2: I'm an animal. From Sonic Boom, Dirty Living from Dynasty, Naked City from Unmasked, or Two Timer from Dress to Kill. Good Lord.
1: I'll go with uh, Naked City.
2: That is incorrect. According to Kiss FAQ, they have played. I'm an animal from Sonic Boom and. Concept. I could
3: have sworn they had played Two Timer also.
2: No, not according to what I read on Kiss huh. FAQ. Unless, unless it's not updated, I don't know. But they
3: used that. They had a live version of Two Timer on the you wanted the best compilation. But I mean, everybody said that was doctored. But like, I think. Maybe they played it. I don't know. Either way, Sonny wouldn't have guessed it right either way, though.
2: Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, I don't think that's right. We'll have to look into that. But I think that was a different song okay. from that era, not two times. So
3: do I get four points for that? No.
2: You get two points for that.
3: I had to try. Come because, on,
2: because you bet against him <laughs> and he got it wrong. And it's a kiss round. So now the score is four to six. So this question goes to Chris. Let's be fair. And play it just the exact same way. One of these, not like the others. Kiss songs never performed in concert. We'll list four songs. Sonny, you want to bet against them? It's basically the same question with different choices. Nope, I'm not betting against them. I'm not giving them a chance to tie. Not a chance, Chris. Oh, I'll tie even if
3: you don't bet against me, though, if I get it right. If
2: if you get it right, yeah, if Chris gets it right, this will be a tie Still not betting against him. Okay. All right, so let's see. Chris, your choices are Trial by Fire from Asylum. Wait,
3: what's the question? Let's,
2: the same question. Oh, okay. Different choices. Which Which one of these songs have they played live out of the three that have not been? Okay. Trial by Fire from Asylum. Let's Put the X in Sex from Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. While the City Sleeps from Animal Eyes or You're All That I Want from Unmasked.
3: Oh, it's your all that I want, because I have the Paris uh, bootleg for that that show.
2: That is correct. Two points. (laughs) Brings it up. Six to six. What a comeback by Chris Sinzak. So we've got two questions left. (laughs) One for Sonny, one for Chris. It's all on the line now. The first question goes to Sonny. This one's a little rock and pod related. In the 80s American animated television series Jem and the Holograms Jem and her band The Holograms find themselves in an intense rivalry with another band What is the name of that band? Oh, man! <laughs> She's gonna be at Rockin' Pod so you can double check this but I know I'm right, I've got the answer Chris, you're batting against him. you said you are So, Sonny the rival band to Jamming the Holograms. Was it the Clamps, the Ramonas, the Flex Pistols, or the Misfits? 100% the Misfits. That is correct. Wow. All right, Sonny. You got it right. And Chris bet against you. Woo-hoo, it's looking good for you.
3: Oh, it's over the now. is
2: now... Eight to six
3: wow that, that 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 answer was truly 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 outrageous <laughs> truly
2: <laughs> I didn't think you guys were gonna get that one <laughs>
3: I wouldn't have gotten that one
2: all right well here it is the final question Chris Sonny's not going to bet against you and even if he did it wouldn't, matter. it wouldn't matter so the final question for you is this which of the following is not an album? By the New York Dolls. Oh, okay. Sonny's not betting against you. Here are your choices. Too much too soon. Cuz I says so. First strike still deadly. Dancing backwards in high heels.
3: Wow, some of these I haven't heard of, and I'm, I'm a New York Dolls fan. What? What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> too much too soon. Cuz I says so. First strike still deadly dancing backwards in high heels are these
3: bootlegs these can't be officially released records
2: these are officially released records except for one of them you got to figure out which one it is
3: i guess well the like the first one definitely was an album release but the rest of them i don't even recognize i'll just say because uh, i says so
1: you're, you're not gonna believe this i actually know who released first strike still deadly
2: all right good deal i know yeah okay so that is incorrect. Oh, jeez, Too Much Too Soon came out in 74. Because I Says So came out in 2009. Dancing Backwards in High Heels was their most recent album in 2011. And First Strike Still Deadly is, a, is an album by a band named... Testament, baby. That is correct. Testament? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then how is that so a New I, York Dolls record? It's not it's a New loud. York Dolls. That's, that's the one you were supposed to guess.
3: Oh, I thought you were... Okay. I thought you were saying all of these records are New York Dolls records. Which one?
2: Except except for one. Okay. And you said, because I said and so. It doesn't matter.
3: I is, was going to lose And, it, and that
2: man. is a New York Dolls album. You weren't bet against. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sonny Poonie, he's got your number. Two victories in a row. Look at that. We are
3: doing a Kiss trivia show in the future because I have to get my revenge. Because this is bullshit, man.
2: <laughs> I know. Nice job, he Sonny. playing
1: me right before the rockin' pod. I know. I get him at his weakest every I,
2: time.
3: <laughs> you got that right. My brain, there's nothing to my brain right now.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> well, that was a hell of a battle nonetheless. I mean, Chris, you brought it back. You almost had it. I did. But Sonny went the opposite strategy of you and wasn't going to give you nothing when you were there at the beginning to give Sonny all kinds of
3: points. Yeah, well but to to reminisce real quick while Sonny's on the line, one of my favorite rock and pod memories of all the years we've done it. It's 2019. We're at the Marriott. We're finishing up the day. We're packing up stuff. We're getting ready to leave, and I hear all this noise coming from one of the breakout rooms. I'm like, "What the hell's going on in here?" I open up the door, and sonny has got a whole contingent of people and like a a whiteboard with all kinds of you know trivia questions. And I'm like, "What is going on in here? Are you running numbers or something? What the hell is this?" <laughs> it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. He like he organized a whole event. Like, without me knowing about it, that was happening after the expo. It was funny as hell.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was a, uh, we did like a KISS draft. I should have ran numbers. I would have probably made some money that night.
3: (laughs) Well, because KISS fans are easy marks. I'm just kidding. That's right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, maybe what I should do is just tell everybody who's facing off and then take bets on who's going to win between Sonny and Chris. Oh man. Well I lo- like based based on history and based on present, Sonny's got you, man.
3: Well, I appreciate it. And I went on Rich and Wally's show recently and they did the Canadian Inquisition again and I lost again. So nice. I'm I'm on a bad luck streak for uh, rock trivia right now.
2: I might still be the champion of that. You are standing. That was tough.
1: It was tough. I don't think I got one answer right that day. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about.
2: Right. Very cool. Well, this was fun to bring back Beat the Geek. Sonny, you didn't let yourself or anybody else down. You came back and did it again. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much. I don't mind
1: beating up on a weakened Chris (laughs) Sinzak. Uh, I will take the win however I get it. I don't care. I have zero sympathy.
2: Uh,
3: (laughs) Sonny Pony gives no fucks. Film at 11.
2: There you go. (laughs) All right, so this is the first of three. We'll be right back with more Beat the Geek. So, all right, so we're back for the second round of Beat the Geek on Beat the Geek Week. And uh, Chris, you didn't do so good the first time, but maybe, yeah. maybe you can redeem yourself. You put out, I doubt
3: it, but okay.
2: You put out the open call and an open challenge. And you called out the Mooger Fuger. Now I look back in the records, and the Mooger Fuger first made his beat the geek appearance during the quarantine sessions, volume eleven. That was episode four oh eight. The result of that, Chris won ten to six. Mooger Fuger, what do you got to say for yourself? I'm coming back, baby. I'm coming back.
3: <laughs> it was the lockdown. It was a confusing time. That's why I beat you.
2: It was a confusing yeah. time. That's why I, I, love I it. That's why I thought it was cool when I look back on them, I'm like, "Oh wow, these these rematches are all from the quarantine sessions like 2 years ago."
3: And we did a lot of Beat the Geek during that time. Yeah.
2: That was a lot of fun and that's why everybody loved it and wanted it back and so that's why we're doing it here today. So,
4: this is I'm going to uh, I'm going to tell you both that the Beat the Geek was the saving grace of those quarantine sessions. I loved it all the time. Lost it most of the time, but loved it all the time.
3: You loved it long time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it long time. I thought the saving grace of the quarantine sessions was us getting wasted every week and recording with our friends and being stupid and recording it
3: that's when i learned the benefits of working from home get drunk and work
2: (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully your boss ain't watching beat the geek this week no chance oh yeah all right guys well i've got 11 questions because this is the show that goes to 11 it's the most awesome awesome game show of all time i'm your host aaron camaro i've got the questions and the answers and we're gonna face them off right now with beat the geek as you know first question goes to Chris I'm going to read the question before I give the choices I'm going to give you Mooger Fuger the chance to bet against him or no play it safe your choice so the first question is this and it goes to the geek LA Guns they're notorious for their endless lineup changes throughout their career which of the following was never a full-time or touring member been a lot of members of the L.A. Guns over the years. I'm going to name four guys. Chris has got to tell me the one guy that never was in L.A. Guns, whether it be in the studio or on the road. Shane, do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him?
4: I'm betting you against him. Oh.
2: Right off the bat, the pressure's on. Chris, you are being bet against. Four guys, three of them, they were in L.A. Guns. One of them was not. Was it Axl Rose, Jizzy Pearl, Bobby Blotzer, or Chris Holmes? Which one was never in LA Guns?
3: Well, I would like to announce that I'll be playing uh, second guitar for LA Guns next week. Um,
2: That's why I didn't put you on the list. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. Axl Rose, Jizzy Pearl... Bobby Blotzer, Chris Holmes.
3: See, Axel seems like a red herring because but Axel was involved with Hollywood Rose, which was a precursor to Guns N' Roses, which you know, because he played with Tracy. I kind of want to say that because I don't think Axel was ever an official member of LA Guns. So Chris Holmes, I have to think, filled in for a week or something at some point. It's I'm torn between Blotzer and Axel Rose. I'll go with Axl Rose.
2: That is incorrect. Of course. Now, technically, Axl Rose was a member of LA Guns in 84. But that was Hollywood Rose, Aaron. That's not LA Guns. But there was a time period there where it shifted into LA Guns. And he was yeah, look it up.
4: I'm I'm not going to say anything about that.
2: Um, so. jizzy pearl was a member of the band from 2009
3: to 2011 oh yeah he was good with them.
2: chris holmes was in the band for a week in 2001
3: that's what i figured it, it, it <laughs> might
2: have been a little longer than that but it was in 2001 bobby blotzer never a member of la guns that so was
3: blotzer damn i knew i should have gone with him
2: all right Dude, well
4: did you read nothing but
2: a good time
3: i did but i was drunk most of the time when i was reading
2: uh, you better reread okay. it then right, we're on the shitter you were not bet against, but you got it wrong. No points awarded. Score remains 0-0. Zero to zero. I got a bad feeling about this.
3: <laughs> Wait, he bet against me. He doesn't even get Oh, a point yeah, you did that. bet
2: against him, didn't you? Oh. Yeah. Look at me helping yeah, you out. I, I, that's I have, right. I'm
3: way too ethical. I swear to
2: God. I apologize. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris. Give it a get easy, easy. Some things never change. I still do need help doing this game, keeping track of scores. Even to my own detriment, yeah. damn it. All right, well, let's keep it moving. This question goes to the Mooger Fooger. And it goes a little something like this. For the year 2000 soundtrack for the Mission Impossible 2 movie, the Foo Fighters teamed up with a legendary guitarist to contribute a cover of Pink Floyd's Have a Cigar. Who was the guitarist? So the movie's Mission Impossible 2. The soundtrack is stellar. Foo Fighters are on there, teamed up with a legendary guitarist, covering Pink Floyd's Have a Cigar. Chris, I'm going to give him four choices. Legendary guitarists, all of them. Do you think Shane knows the one that did that song with the Foo Fighters?
3: Well, before I say so, if, if, if Mooger Fugger is going to go all in and bet against me every time... I'll go ahead and agree to go against him every time.
2: Oh, so everybody's going all in and betting every single time now? Why not? Let's have fun with this. You down with that? David Gilmore. Let me read the choices first, Shane. I'm not going to hold that one against you. David Gilmore is not one of the choices. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? You're wrong. I, I never said All anything. right, your choices are Brian May from Queen Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath. Oh, man. That is correct. And since Chris bet against you? I did. That's two points. Bringing the score three to nothing. Holy shit. Mooger Fooger, what are you doing, man? He's out for revenge. Hey,
3: getting my ass kicked by uh, both competitors tonight.
2: Nice. You got it, Chris. All right. Time for the next question. This one goes to Chris. This band released their first album in 1988 and their most recent in 2022. In between, they've released albums called This Toilet Earth, Carnival of Chaos, Violence Has Arrived, and Lust in Space, just to name a few. Name that band. Shane, you said you're betting against them. Everything's all in. So, Chris, these are your choices: Green Jello, Overkill, Guar, or the Butthole Surfers. It's totally Guar. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Two points for Chris Sinzak. Nice one. And those are this Toilet
3: Earth is a great record. It is actually. a
2: great record. Yeah. Yeah, tried to go a little deeper with them. I didn't want to put like scum dogs of the universe or America must be destroyed. I would have known that too. (laughs) Thanks
3: to Aaron Camaro, I I know a lot more. I know a lot more about Gore than I did ten years ago. Yeah,
2: that's good.
4: Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're all very welcome. I love the Gore.
2: All right. Question goes back to the Mooger Fuger, and this is a battle of 1988. Which Mm. of the following albums charted the highest? On the U.S. Billboard charts in 1988. I'm going to give you four choices of bands and their albums. And you're going to tell me which one reached the highest heights in the U.S. in 1988. Was it ACDC, Blow Up Your Video? David Lee Roth, Skyscraper? Cheap Trick, Lap of Luxury? Or Queensryche, Operation Crime? Is Chris betting against yes. I'm betting
3: against you every you, round you just guys, like you are against You guys me. are
2: betting against yeah, each other right. all the way okay. through. So that's a given. Okay. Yeah. ACDC, blow up yeah. your video. David Lee Roth, Skyscraper, Cheap Trick, Lap of Luxury, Queensryche, Operation Mind Crime. All great albums oh, no. from 88.
4: Cheap, cheap Trick, baby.
2: That is incorrect.
3: It's Reich, isn't it?
2: No, Queensryche, their highest peak in 88 was 50 on the album charts.
4: Yeah. Che- Roth.
2: Cheap Trick made it to 16. ACDC to 12. David Lee Roth, Skyscraper, all the way up to number six. Yeah.
3: First uh, vinyl record I bought with my own money.
4: Sorry
2: about yeah, that. That's, yeah, about that's a bummer. I yeah. like a few songs.
4: I still have it, and I have it signed at the Rockin' Pod by Bill Sheehan. Nice.
2: Nice. Okay. Not, not Skyscraper, but Ederman. There one. you go. That's wow. the one.
3: That's uh, a much better record.
2: All right. Well, you got it wrong, and Chris bet against you, so now the score is tied up three to three. Okay. Next question goes back to Chris. Which of the following rockers is the oldest? I'm going to give you four guys. You're going to tell me who is the most elderly of the bunch. It's already been agreed upon, you are being bet against, so here are your choices. Glenn Danzig, Nico McBrain, Johnny Rotten, Angus Young. Who's the old man in the group?
3: That's a, that's a good question. Um, no, it's not. No, I really don't know. Um, i'm leaning towards angus young because acdc started earlier but that that feels like a red herring to me like it's gonna be somebody else give me the choices one more time
2: glenn danzig nico mcbrain johnny rotten angus young
3: i'll go with johnny
2: rotten shane he's over there chuckling you know the answer Yeah. yeah glenn danzig i'll tell you this you're both wrong Glenn Danzig, Johnny Nico. Rotten, and Angus Young, all 67. Nico McBrain is 70. Wow.
3: Is old as hell.
2: You got it wrong. You were bet against. Mooger Fugger gets the point. Now it is four to 4-3. And the question goes back to the Mooger Fugger. London is a Sunset Strip band formed in 1978 and is famous for being a band whose many different members would go on to leave to join up or start bigger and better things. Out of the following four bands, which was one that didn't feature any former members of London? Well, it's four bands. Three of them got former members of London in them. One of them does not.
3: Aaron. Aaron. Let me stop for a second. Why do you give the other person questions that would be perfect for me?
2: Well, because if I gave you questions that I know are perfect for you, then you'd get them every time.
3: <laughs> it's really irritating. I'm just saying.
2: Because if I, I got to make them tough, you know, so then they, at least you know whether you should bet against them or not.
4: Aaron, this is going to be tough for me. Be, be, trust me, it's going to be okay,
2: tough. Okay, well, here are your choices. You only got four to choose from, so... A guess is 25%. Okay. Cinderella, Motley Crue, Rat, Guns N' Roses. Members of London are in all these bands except for one of them. Which one?
4: So I got to pick what band didn't
2: have a London member. Right. Cinderella, Motley Crue, Rat, Guns N' Roses. Because...
4: The latter three were all West Coast and the only one that was East Coast, it was Cinderella. Good job.
2: That is some pretty good logic, but it's incorrect. Oh, is it
4: really? That's I didn't
3: right. even know the answer to the Cinderella. Uh, look, look, look
2: at look really? at Cintac. Well, you give everybody questions that I know the answers to. You don't I know would, the answers. Who
4: was in London and Cinderella? Fred
2: Corey. Really? Ooh, yeah. I did not know the that. drummer. Yep, that is Ooh. correct. Uh, the only one Motley Crew, of course, Nikki Six, Guns N' Roses, yeah. half the band. The only band that doesn't have any former members of London is Rat. So you got mm-hmm. it wrong? I thought you were bet against? I thought,
3: I thought Robin Crosby was in London. Nope. Am I wrong? You are oh, wrong. Yeah. He wasn't. Wow. Yeah. That's a great question.
2: Well, being wrong never did you so right because now the score is once again tied up four to four.
4: I don't think it's tied up. I think Chris has beaten me.
2: No, it's tied up. You bet against him. He got it wrong. Okay. I like the sound of that, but no. Yeah, he he bet against you. You got it wrong. He gets the point. Brings it up four to four. Okay. All right. So, Chris's question. In 2001, this well-known drummer competed on the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?, even though he had his bandmate, Robert Trujillo, cheering him on, he only walked away with $1,000. Name the drummer. Now, I know, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? That was a pretty popular game show at one time, but pff, ain't got nothing on Beat the Geek. But this drummer, he competed, won $1,000. Here's a clue. His bandmate, Robert Trujillo, sitting in the crowd. Your choices are... Lars Al-Ren- Oh, my God. You don't, you're betting, everybody's betting against each other, right? Yes, yes, Uh, yes. There goes the gavel. That's the final on that. Your choices are Lars Ulrich, Puffy Borden, Mike Portnoy, Jimmy DeGrasso.
3: Oh, it's Lars Ulrich.
2: That is incorrect. No, well, he was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Maybe not in 2001. And if he was Robert Chirillo wasn't in the crowd cheering him on? So who was it? Puffy Borden. No, Mike Borden was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yeah, but he only he got it. <laughs> I think he said he got up to like thirty six thousand, but then he blew it and only ended up walking away with a grand. I have
3: zero memory of this. That's pretty messed
2: that up. That is messed up. Mooger Fuger okay. bet against you. You got it wrong. Score is now 5-4. to four. This is one slow plotting game right here. You gonna, guys are
3: going to lose to both contestants. Phew, you guys That's are
2: dragging
4: this one up. Hey, on. hey, hey, Chris. Uh, You're going
3: to win.
2: Don't no, worry, I'm not. <laughs> don't worry, everybody. Yeah, see, don't worry. Mooger Fuger knows. It's time for the kiss round. Uh-huh. Double the points. That means, at most, you could get four points out of this. The first question goes to the Mooger Fuger in the Kiss Round. During his interview for Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, where is Paul Stanley? You're being bet against. uh, Wait. You're being bet against, so it's double the points in the Kiss Round. Let me give you the choices before you start guessing. All right, I'm trying to help you (laughs) here. Was Paul Stanley A, at the strip club, B, in the pool, C, in his bed, or D, at the gym?
4: He was C in his bed, baby.
2: That is correct. And since you were bet against in the Kiss round and you got it right, one, two, three, four points for the Mooger Fooger. Bringing it up, nine
4: to four. Yeah,
3: wow. there's no chance at this
2: point.
4: Come on, Chris. You hey, got hey, this.
2: you got. This. You know what? Hey, this. this is the kiss round. It's double the points. Uh-huh. You got four yeah. big points on the line here. You can bring it, bring it right okay. back.
4: You can't beat Chris
2: and Kiss. You can bring it right back. Let's see. Let's try. Here's your kiss round question. According to setlist.fm, which of the following Kiss songs has been played more than the others during the touring history of the band? It's pretty cool over at that setlist.fm, they've got like, you look up a band and they keep track of how many times the songs have been played. I got four songs. You're going to tell me which one's been played in concert through the entirety of Kiss's career more than the others okay strutter war machine fits like a glove heavens on fire the entirety of kiss classic 80s to today
3: well what my gut tells me is to go with heavens on fire because they brought that back in recent years and it certainly was a staple back in the day so i'll go with that i'll go with that heavens on fire
2: <laughs> no. That is incorrect. Of course it is. Pretty close, though. You know, obviously, Obviously, Rock and Roll All Nights number one. But I didn't want to yeah. just include the obvious one. So I went with Strutter, War Machine, Fits Like a Glove, Heaven's on Fire. Fits Like Glove over the entirety of Kiss' career, been played 483 times. Silent tour. Strutter has been played 650 times. Heaven's on Fire, 932. War Machine 992. That was the only other
3: one that was kind of on my radar, but yeah, that makes sense.
2: This one has just turned into a runaway.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm done. You're
2: bet against in the kiss round. Two points to the Mooger Fuger. That brings it up eleven to four with no chance of return. But what the hell? We got two more questions and we're having fun.
4: Let's finish it give me, a, give me a question, man. All Go
2: right, ahead. here's your final question for the Mooger Fooger. This lead vocalist was forcibly removed from the 1994 American Music Awards for being belligerent, loud, and disruptive. Before the night was through, he would be charged with assault and battery, resisting arrest, and destroying a police station phone. Give you four singers. You tell me which one did that. Who did that? Scott Weiland of the Stone Temple Pilots, Tammy Down of Faster Pussycat, Jesse James Dupree of Jackal, or Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon.
4: Rage Against a Machine, baby.
2: I'm going to take away all your points. <laughs> That's Zach Dallarocha. <laughs> When, once again,
4: exactly. once right.
2: again, here are your choices: Scott Wyland of the Stone Temple Pilots, Tame- Scott Wyland. Okay, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it's it, Shannon man. Hoon, it, it? it? It was Shannon Hoon. That's what I thought. Yeah. Look at there, Chris. You got was a point. It was Shannon Hoon. Was it Shannon? Yeah, Hoon? he did all yeah. those things and got in big ass trouble for it. And then, not too long after that, that poor guy was dead. Yeah,
4: I remember hearing about that. I tell you what, man, and I'm going to say this on the Decibel Geek podcast. Shannon Hoon is my hero, and Soup is an amazing record.
3: Soup's a good record.
2: Yeah, I like Blind Melon. I mean, there's some of their stuff's kind of folk-rocky, but when they decided to like, rock it out,
4: No, I mean, it it doesn't matter if it's like a little punk-rocky. You're right, you're right, you're right. But some of the stuff does rock out.
2: Yeah. It's good stuff. I'd get down with some Blind Melon for sure. That's nothing to be ashamed of, Mooger (laughs) fooger. All right, well. Thank you guys for having me. You want to hear one more question for Chris? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. Final question. It doesn't even matter. You are being bet against. Ted Templeman. Is one of the most renowned rock producers of all time. Which of the following Ted Templeman produced albums ranked the highest on the US Billboard charts? I'll give you four Ted Templeman joints. You tell me which one reached the highest heights on the US Billboard charts. Was it Sammy Hagar, VOA, in 1984? Aerosmith, done with mirrors in 1985? Honeymoon Suite, Racing After Midnight from 88, or the Bullet Boys self-titled album from 88? Which one reached the highest peaks?
3: I think the one that had the biggest radio hit, as much as I hate to say it, would have had to have been Sammy Hagar VOA, so I'll go with that.
2: That is correct. Yeah, Bullet <laughs> no, Bullet, no! Bullet Boys reached 34.
4: No, it can't be correct.
2: Honeymoon Suite, only 86. Aerosmith done with mirrors, 36. That was tough times for Aerosmith, but yeah, VOA, 32. So, yeah, yeah I mean, respectable. You brought it back a little bit. Final score, yeah. congratulations to the Mooger Fooger. You got revenge with a final score of 11-7. Nice.
4: I appreciate
3: you guys uh, having me on.
2: Alright, so here we are. Part 3 of Beat the Geek Week. And so far, not so good for our hero, Chris Sinzak. Bombing all the way through. Zero wins tonight. Oh my goodness. Well, you've got one last chance to redeem yourself. And when you put out the open challenge, this man said, I'm coming back. I'm doing it again. The originator of the Beat the Geek intro theme, the one and only, Loose Cannon. Well, hello there. You want me to do that live? Yes,
5: please.
3: Okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something like that
2: it's exactly okay right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: when i hear that clip i laugh so hard i'm like i can't believe you just use that as a soundbite but whatever well,
3: it's cheaper than using a but, uh, professional jingle so
2: well There's yeah my and I figured, between your
5: laugh and my uh, intro oh, music yeah
2: exactly be rich. yeah well that's that's what i thought was the trade-off ah, you know i figure well okay you use sound bites to me all the time you know this is perfect so i when i Heard you do that, immediately clicked in my head, I'm going to take this, and that's going to be the theme song. <laughs>
5: well, it's, a, it's a doozy. It's, a, it's, a, it it's is. a banger.
2: So, let me tell you, the last time that you, Loose Cannon, appeared on Beat the Geek was during the quarantine sessions, Volume 7, back in 2020. Yeah. That was episode 404. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh yeah,
5: I absolutely remember. I thought it was uh, a really cool pivot you guys did in the middle of that madness too. So uh, I absolutely remember. All right, and I think I lost. Do you
2: remember? Actually, I looking back in the in the record book, the last time you guys faced off, Loose Cannon defeated Chris Sinzak seven to four. Ah
5: man, I should remember that victory.
2: Okay. You, you didn't get a plaque made no, or anything? I need to. No.
5: <laughs> I, I expect to pick one up.
2: All right. Well, if you win today, you can get one made that says two-time champion. All right.
3: And 8 million downloads. Good. Ooh,
5: that's nice. You got to catch up to somebody with that. Yeah. But no. All right. I'm ready. I, I I now I now know why you definitely insisted on me showing up because you wanted to as you said, that Chris has had some struggles. You want a bit of a gimme? A man that knows no facts, you invite me on. At first, I thought it was kindness and friendship, and now I know it's for your own ego, Chris. Well, I
3: mean, it's a level playing field because I don't have Wikipedia to help me this time. Oh, that's true. That's true.
2: (laughs) Damn it. God damn,
3: I love a good Wikipedia
0: read.
2: (laughs) Well, I think Chris is here for revenge. For his loss, the last time. Can I give
5: you props? But before, okay, I'm going to derail this just for a moment. I just want to give you props. The last Fresh Blood episode, at least five bands have added to the playlist. Like that's by nice. far. I know it was Fresh Ish Blood because kind of like yeah. you guys were bending the rules a little bit. But you guys got some some real finds there. I got to tell you.
2: Nice doing our jobs. Thanks, man. All right, so we'll go ahead and start it off like this. The first question goes to the geek, that is Chris. And your question is this. In November of 1983, Metal Health by Quiet Riot became the first band from the Sunset Strip metal scene to score a number one album on the U.S. Billboard charts. Which band or artist did Quiet Riot knock out of that number one spot? Hmm. Now, Luce Cannon, that is the question. I'm going to give Chris four choices, but before I do that, I'm going to give you a choice. Do you want to bet against him, get possibly double points, or steal his point, or do you want to play it safe?
5: I'm playing it safe on this one. I I think he knows it.
2: Hmm. All right, Chris. We're looking for the band that Quiet Riot defeated in 1983. Was it Michael Jackson, Air Supply, Billy Joel, or The Police?
3: My first thought was Michael Jackson, because I thought I remember hearing about that. But the more I think about it, I also remember hearing about Synchronicity by The Police. I'm going to go with The Police.
2: That is correct. Synchronicity was nice. the album that Quiet Riot knocked from number one. So you were not bet against, but you got it right. Kicking it off. That's the right way to do it. One point, first question right off the bat. Way to go. Alright, so the second question is going to go to LC, and it's kind of a tie-in to that question. So the week before Quiet Riot took that number one spot, there was another hard rock album chasing closely behind at number eight. Which album was also in the top ten along with Metal Health? Chris, I'm going to give him four albums that were on the charts that week in 1983. There was one band that was chasing right behind Quiet Riot. Do you think he knows that band, or do you want to bet against him?
3: We saw how great my success rate was betting against people on Friday, so I'll, I'll go. With, uh, I'll play it safe. I'm not betting against him.
2: All right, Luce, you're not being bet against. The album and the band that were right behind Quiet Riot in 1983 when they took number one. Was it Kiss, Lick It Up, <coughs> Def Leppard, Pyromania, Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, or ACDC, Flick of the Switch? Now, I'm going to say no
5: for... AC, flick of the Switch, I don't think you made the top 20, um, if that. So I'm going to say no ACDC, Pyromania. I'm not sure, because that would have just come out right about that zone. I'm not sure if it took a little bit of time. Or the other two?
2: Kiss, lick It Up? No. Or Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil?
5: Neither are those. So it's Pyromania and... I'm going to say Def Leppard Pyromania.
2: That is correct. Okay. Nice. We're not bet against. You get the point. ACDC, their peak was 38. Shout at the Devil, or at during that week, they were at 38. Uh, shout at the Devil, 46. Kiss Lick It Up was 25. With Def Leppard, not too far behind Metal health with Pyromania. Nice job. Yeah.
5: According to Gene Simmons, though, they were number two.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah,
3: I love that we both laughed when he when he said "kiss, look it up."
2: <laughs> Not, nope, <that's> a, <laughs> I didn't realize how ludicrous that was till I read it all out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were closer than the other ones that week. What was the top ten?
5: It was Animalize top ten ever? Even I don't even think
2: of
3: what it was. I think it. I don't. I think Animalize did hit the top ten when it okay. debuted. Yeah? yeah. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Huh.
0: Interesting.
2: All right. Well, this is the way I like it. A couple of smart guys smashing brains <coughs> right here on Deep Geek. No incorrect answers so far, so let's keep going. This next one goes back to Chris. Which of the following dead rock stars lived to be the ripest old age? So, Luce, I'm going to give Chris four guys. He's going to tell me which of them lived to be the oldest age before they passed away. Do you think you can get it, or do you want to bet against them?
4: Hmm.
5: You know what? I'm just going to have a little fun here. I'm going to bet against him, because if he gets it, he'll feel good. He'll forget about Rock and Pod for another, another 30 minutes of his life. So, let's go. <laughs>
2: it's
5: all right. This is, I'm paying it forward.
2: All right. Paying it forward. Loose Cannon is betting against you. Which of the following dead rock stars was the oldest age when they passed away? Was it Janie Lane, John Bonham, Kevin Dubrow, or Freddie Mercury? Who lived to the oldest age?
3: Wow. This is a hard one. Um, That's what she said. Um, Kevin Dubrow died at like 50. So it's definitely not him. Janie, It's Janie Lane, John Bonham, and who was the other one?
2: Kevin Dubrow and Freddie Mercury. Which one died at the oldest age?
3: Freddie was in his 40s. It's either... I'm going to say John Bonham.
2: Well, you were on the right track at first when you said Kevin Dubrow was in his 50s because he did pass away at 52, and that makes him the oldest. Freddie Mercury died at 45. John Bonham 32, Janie Lane 47. Incorrect. Oh, wait. Luce Cannon did bet against you. Know you
3: know what? I was bet I was guessing who died the youngest.
2: <laughs> That's Oops. why I kept saying it over and over again because I was wondering why you were doing that. <laughs>
3: oh well. Uh, I'll take the L. I I tried fine.
2: to help you. All right, he got it wrong, but Luce Cannon, you bet against him, so you get the point. Brings it up two to one. Nice. That was a good trick. And now the question comes back to you. This band released their first album in 1991 and their most recent in 2021. In between, they have released albums like Super Judge, Power Trip, Four Way Diablo, and The Last Patrol, just to name a few. Name that band. Chris, I'm going to give him four bands that had those albums. Do you think he knows it or do you want to bet against him? um I, You're down by one.
3: I'm gonna play it safe. I'm not betting against him.
2: That was wise. All That's right. a monster magnet. All right. So you already know the answer. Yep. You don't even need me to. Oh, I'm sorry. Right.
5: If you want to edit that and make it better for the, I'm sorry. Let's make it. <laughs> let's make up. Let's, let's edit that. I Amen. apologize. Have it from the that, that was a I'm weird. Excited. That was
3: just a big flex on your part. Well, it really was.
5: Yeah, it was a weird flex, well, right? Isn't that what the kids well, say? Well, ding, ding, weird flex, but okay.
2: He got it. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, it's not clutch, Ugly Kid Joe or the Cult. It's definitely Monster Magnet. Don't even gotta read him the choices. He's just like, this game is easy. I'm loose cannon. I've never lost. Yeah,
5: that was a little chuggy of me.
2: All right. Well, you were bet against, and you got it right. That's two points. I'd say we, we take one of those points away for not following
5: the rules of listening to multiple choice first <laughs> just to play it a little even. I'm, I'm flipping one of my points.
2: Like, how fucking dare you? I'm, interrupt the game show host. You're disqualified. Game over. Congratulations, <laughs> Chris. You win. Beat the game. Uh,
3: I don't want to win that way. That's the way Chiefs fans feel already because, you know, the refs help us <laughs> and everything. So, you know, I'm just, I don't want to win that way.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that was for Baca. if everybody's in agreement, then we'll oh, keep going. It. So then this one goes back to Chris. Legendary drummer Cozy Powell was one of the most in demand rock drummers of his time. He's been the drummer for so many different bands and projects and has appeared on countless classic hard rock albums. Cozy Powell appears on all the following albums except, I'm going to give him four albums. Three of them feature Cozy Powell. One of them does not. That's the one he's trying to find. Loose Cannon, you want to bet against him? Or do you want to play it safe? I mean, you're up by four. You can do whatever you want. Well, if there's one thing I know about
5: Chris, it's that he knows a lot about Kiss and Cozy Powell. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to bet against him.
2: All right, Chris, you're not being bet against. Which one of these albums does not feature Cozy Powell? Is it Ted Nugent's Scream Dream? Cinderella's Long Cold Winter? Black Sabbath Forbidden or White Snake Sliding In?
3: <sighs> Black Sabbath Forbidden.
2: That is incorrect. Jeez. Wow. Cozy Powell was most definitely a member of Black Sabbath when Forbidden was out, played on the whole album. Played on White Snake Sliding In, both versions of it. Cinderella's Long Cold Winter, that was an Andy John's decision. He decided bring in Cozy Powell mm. for this and Cliff Davies was the drummer on Ted Nugent's Scream Dream. I thought, I thought Cozy so, Powell
3: was Ted's drummer at that time
2: I don't think Cozy Powell ever played for Ted Nugent. I could have swore he did but you. maybe
3: I'm wrong. Wow
0: Alright.
2: Here, here's
5: my question you, Has You've been wrong a lot this, this week
3: <laughs> Did Fred
5: Corey play on any studio no. album? None no. of this None of So weird. Okay Yeah? Okay
2: Alright, so you got it wrong, but you were not bet against. No points awarded. Score remains 4-1, Loose Cannon. And this question belongs to him. According to Setlist FM, which of the following Motley Crue songs has been played more than the others during the touring history of the band? So I'm going to give you four Motley Crue songs. Setlist FM specializes in keeping track of how many times a band plays a song throughout their whole career. Chris, you had a similar one like this with Kiss on the last game. Do you think Loose Cannon is going to be able to figure it out just like you did? Or do you want to bet against him being down by three points?
3: I kind of have to bet against him going forward, so yeah, I'll just
2: do that. It's not a bad idea. All right, Loose Cannon, your choices. Which one of these songs has been played by Motley Crue live more than the rest? Home Sweet Home... Livewire, looks that kill, or shout at the devil.
5: This is not during this current tour, but the entirety, their whole time. career, yes.
2: The entirety, yes.
5: Okay, has been played the most. The most, not the More youngest, than the others. not the oldest. Okay, Live wire, home sweet home. What's the other two, please? Looks that
2: kill, shout at the devil.
5: Jesus. It's gotta be somewhere, it's gotta be, the top two have to be, it might be Looks That Kill. I've never not seen them play that. But then LiveWire is their oldest song, and they seem to play that all the time too. But did they drop it during the Dr. Feelgood years? That's where I have to figure this stuff out. Um I'm, st- I'm still, g- I'm still going with the most logical choice, unless that's uh, fuck. It might be a trick. Uh, live wire.
2: That is incorrect. God damn it! It's, it's tr- I, 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 Home sweet home's been played 1,245 times. Looks at kill 1,287. Live wire 1,396. Shout at the devil 1,000. Four hundred nineteen. Wow. Shout okay. at the devil is the answer. Now, you got it wrong, and Chris bet against you, so he gets your point.
3: Nice. What would you have guessed, Chris? I was going to guess um, Home Sweet Home. I, I, I thought it was either Home Sweet Home or Shout at the Devil. Okay.
2: When John Karabi played with Motley Crue, did they perform Shout at the Devil?
3: Yes. I'm going to say, oh, wow. Wow. And Home Sweet Home.
2: Hmm, that I didn't know. I, I would have guessed they didn't do Home Sweet Home.
3: Yeah, I think that, yeah, they definitely did. They did it like a, an acoustic version. They did live oh, Wire okay. too, I know that.
2: Yeah. All right, so that brings the score up. 4-2, to two. Loose Cannon is still in the lead. Chris brings it back, little by little, creeping up on you. The kiss round is right around the corner. That can make all the difference, but we've got one more question before we get there. And this one goes back to Chris. Which legendary guitarist wrote and performed the iconic Real American Hulk Hogan theme song? Oh, for God's sake. The guy's pretty well known, actually. (laughs) When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, Loose Cannon, are you going to bet against him? Or do you want to play it safe with your lead of two points? (laughs) I'm going to bet against him. All right, Chris, you are being bet against. Believe it or not, the guy that wrote and performed that song is pretty damn well known. Mm -hmm. These are your choices. Was it Pat Travers, Rick Derringer, Jeff Beck, or Tommy Bolin?
3: It definitely ain't Jeff Beck. That would be something, though. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking John Parr, because the guy that did all those uh, 80s movie soundtracks. Um,
5: Can we have the name of the song? Real American. A real
2: American's name. Okay. Give me the choices again. You've heard it. Pat Travers, Rick Derringer, Jeff Beck, Tommy Bolin.
3: Tommy Bolin was dead by then. So, and it it does not sound like. I guess it's Rick Derringer because it doesn't sound like Pat Travers to me.
2: That is correct. Okay. (laughs) Rick Derringer. Who knew? Wrote and performed Real American for Hulk Hogan. It became an iconic song in wrestling. All right, so did you bet against him on that one? I did.
5: Can you sing a bar you of it? did. Because you were a big fan?
2: I, I thought I did. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you got to be a man. You can't let it hide. I don't even know. I am a
4: real American. <laughs> real
2: American. You know it. Come on, everybody. If you heard knows. it,
3: you'd remember it.
2: You seriously don't know it? No, but I think that I, what I want to
5: sing is the uh, great American hero. That stupid TV, the TV show. show. The TV show theme immediately. I want to believe
3: do that. it or not. I'll get oh it or yeah,
2: kind of, kind of the same. All right, so interesting times as we roll into the kiss round because by being bet against and getting it correct, you get two points, and now we're all tied up four to four, and now. Things get interesting. It's time for the KISS round. Double the points. First question goes to Loose Cannon. According to an interview with Classic Rock Magazine in 2020, Ace Fraley stated that in the 70s, all four members of KISS took an IQ test. According to Ace, who scored the lowest on this test? So Chris, I mean, we know the choices, the four original guys. According to Ace Fraley... Who's the dumbest member of Kiss when it comes to the IQ test? Do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? Well, now that
3: we're tied, I think I need to play it a little safe. I'm I'm not going to bet against him.
2: All right. Well, loose cannon. Two big points on the line for you. What about obviously? Yeah. What about if it was the uh, the member with the
5: biggest dick? Would you know that answer? Sadly, I think I do know the
2: answer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What was <laughs> the spoiler? I think something that was, like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we're talking put your about put
3: dick on my shoulder.
2: We're talking about brain size this time. Okay, who had the lowest score in the IQ test? Was it Peter, Chris, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, or Ace Fraley?
5: Right. Well, I think that it's definitely not Ace because I think he's always claimed to have the highest IQ. Uh, Peter Crow seems like the obvious choice since uh, two plus two equals Jello to him. Um,
2: <laughs>
5: but. It should be a person you think is the smartest whose greatest gift in business was convincing people he was good in business. So I'm going to say that it's Gene Simmons is the lowest.
2: That is incorrect. God damn it. Actually, according to Ace Fraley, Paul Stanley scored the lowest on the IQ <laughs> test. I love it. But you could have scored two points, but you didn't. But thankfully, Chris did not bet against you. So the score remains four to four. Now, Chris, for your kiss round question. During a 2012 interview with Opie and Anthony, Peter Chris described the atmosphere after the infamous appearance on the Tom Snyder show. According to Pete, this is what Ace did immediately after. So, Loose Cannon, I'm going to give him four choices. What did Ace Fraley do immediately after the, the Tom Snyder interview was over? Do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him?
5: Oh, he knows this
2: alright Chris you're not being bet against your kiss knowledge not being called into question mm-hmm. usually ever but this one's a little tough what did Ace Fraley do immediately after the infamous Tom Snyder show appearance did he pass out on the floor crash a Saturday night live writing meeting <laughs> lose balance and break a camera or argue with Gene and Paul
3: I think his answer was that he passed out on the floor.
2: That is correct. He immediately went and passed out on the floor. What about that? Way to go, Ace Fraley. Well, you were not bet against, but hey, it's the kiss round, so that's two points, jumping Chris Sinzak up to a big lead of six to four. But with two questions remaining, Loose Cannon, you still have a chance to win or tie this game. All right. So your final question is this. And it's a battle of 1978. Which of the following albums charted the highest on the US Billboard rankings? I'm gonna give you four albums that came out in 1978. You tell me which one was the most popular in America. Chris, you're up by two. Feeling good. Do you wanna bet against him or are you gonna play it safe as we roll out this competition?
3: Playing it safe.
2: All right, Loose cannon. you are not being bet against. Which of these reached the highest heights in 1978? Was it Black Sabbath, Never Say Die, Alice Cooper, From the Inside, Rush, Hemispheres, or ACDC, Power Age? So
5: Power Age is ACDC's biggest or lowest seller. And From the Inside was a Big Loser. What was the first again?
2: Black Sabbath Never Say Die or Rush Hemispheres. 1978.
5: Hmm. Do you want me to play my own waiting music?
2: Might as well, you came up with an awesome theme song.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, I'm
5: going to say. God. He- Rush hemispheres. I'm going to. S- mm. Number one again was? The first?
2: Never say die?
5: I'm going to say never. I'm going to say never say die.
2: That is incorrect. God, damn it. Never Say Die peaked at 69, Alice Cooper at 60, Power Rage 133, Hemispheres peaked at 47. Mm-hmm. God. Hemispheres, the answer. All right, well, you were not bet against. You got it wrong. The score remains what it is. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling you're going to be betting against him here in hopes of a tie. No? Correct. Yeah, no, no. No chance. Oh, well. Let's play it out. Last question goes to Chris. Which of the following dead rock stars lost their lives at the youngest age? Which one of these four guys died the earliest? You're betting against him. I already know. So I'm going to lay it out for you. Your choices are Jim Morrison, Randy Rhodes, Robin Crosby, Gigi Allen. Who died the youngest? Jim Morrison. That is incorrect. Mm. Jim Morrison, of course, a member of the 27 Club. Robin Crosby made it to 42, G.G. Allen to 36, but Randy Rhodes was only 25 years old when he passed wow, away, two years younger I than almost Jim said Morrison. That too. Well, you were bet against, and you got it wrong, but that's not enough to bring it back for loose cannon. You guys are tied up. Each with a victory apiece. The final score here today: Chris Sinzak wins by one point, six to five. What a battle!
3: One out of three ain't bad. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. Look, thanks for inviting
5: me back on, Chris. Enjoy the win.
1: Heck yeah.
0: Would you do to achieve the American dream—the big house, the happy family, the money? 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing?
4: What's the problem? What's the problem?
0: Would you lie? Would you cheat?
4: Would they shop? Would I shop?
0: Would you kill?
4: Yes. <laughs> my mom and dad. My mom is right
0: there. From Airship.